The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Know the difference. Now, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Great show planned for you today. We've got a deep dive on the markets for our week in review, along with a look at a fast approaching webinar on a very hot topic, inflation. Dave Spano is on the road this weekend. I'm Greg Battiancilla, Director of Marketing for Annex Wealth Management, sharing duties with Danny Clayton. Let's introduce our team for today's show. Mark Beck, Managing Director of Wealth Management Services at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Mark. Hi, Greg. And then Derek Falski, our Chief Investment Officer at Annex. Hello, Derek. Nice to see you, Greg. So, Derek, you know, volatile week, certainly in the markets, culminating with Friday not being a very fun day. Lots of red across the screens. Um, talk about a number of things that are happening there, really, but the tug of war between inflation, rising interest rates, and can the economy continue to grow? Clearly, that was in the highlight this past week. Right. We had a, a pretty good week going until Thursday, at which point uh, Jerome Powell sat down with uh, Christine Lagarde from the IMF, and they talked about inflation and, and the issues the central banks are having with its increase in recent months. And essentially, he put 50 basis points on the table. And while I feel like I sometimes get too close to the markets in the sense that we're constantly hearing headlines and comments, um, the market took that very negatively. And now, in some places, is pricing in roughly 150 to 200 basis points of Fed tightening moves in the next six months, which is a little bit higher than what people had thought, which is what basically resulted in the sell-off. Yeah, that'd be an aggressive move for sure. And of course, we saw the bond market react to that as well. So you saw 10-year Treasury yields spike this past week. You see the anxiety that that causes among investors as we try to figure out, you know, what's the proper multiples we should be playing for stocks. And uh, also been, you know, a, a big driver behind some of the rotation that we've seen away from some of those high growth types of areas that really led the market last year. And people starting to look more closely at dividend growth, dividend paying stocks, shift the portfolio to a little bit more of a value orientation. All of that really just being driven. Like I said, I call it a tug of war. You know, it's that element of will the Fed be too aggressive, push rates too high? Is that going to cause a recession? It's recessions that we worry about as investors. Right. And right now, our base case is that we will avoid a recession. I mean, I saw a data point this week, which blew my mind, and that was that households have more cash on their balance sheet than they have debt, which is the first time that's happened in 30 years. So you would think that barring some major increase in unemployment and a decrease in consumer confidence, uh, the U.S. economy ought to continue to do okay in the face of, of higher rates. And in many ways, the market itself is already tightened for the Fed. This week, the two-year note was trading at uh, 2.75, uh, which basically is pricing in 11 Fed rate hikes. So, you know, at some point, I think the market's going to digest this, get acc accustomed to it. And right now, the expectation on our part is that we're going to see a 50 basis point rate hike in May and some moderation in the CPI and PPI in the months going forward. You know, and you're already starting to see some of the effects of that in terms of decreased demand, and that's really what the Fed tries to accomplish by pushing up the, you know, the federal funds rate. Over time, what we're trying to do is 
reduce demand. And one of the places you're seeing it is in the housing market. So, you know, fewer homes are going to be sold into the future because people are digesting what it means to have a higher interest rate on their mortgage. And, you know, you're going to get to that spot where, you know, staying in the existing house with a much lower mortgage rate becomes more attractive than buying a newer house or upgrading and paying a higher interest rate. Yeah, the housing market has a lot of impacts, not just the sale of the home, but also the purchase of appliances, yard yard work, and so on and so forth. And and the housing market still is, is the problem there is there's just not enough inventory. And yes, housing affordability has declined. So despite the fact that there are less homes, Homes, prices have, have tended to hold up, even though demand has waned somewhat given the higher construction costs and higher prices there. So, again, the U.S. economy is doing okay. Growth is slowing. We know that. Inflation, as I mentioned, uh, the comparisons going forward get much more difficult. In fact, half the increase in inflation over the last 12 months came from cars, both new and used. So, if you think about that, as supply chain bottlenecks resolve themselves in the car industry, semiconductor available availability improves, you could see some moderation of these supply constraints. So in some ways, the Fed is trying to push a, 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 a thread through a needle, right? I mean, they're, at the one hand, they want to curb demand, but at the other hand, supply ought to start to rebound from some of these COVID-induced supply chain constraints we've lived with for the past several years. You know, in like 20 years, we've seen a low inflationary environment, and to a large extent, that's been uh, because of globalization. We've been the benefactors of being able to import lower cost goods and services from around the world. And what we're starting to see right now is, you know, maybe people are rethinking that in terms of what we talk about supply chain disruption, for example. And certainly as we look at used cars and new cars and people talking about chips as an example. So be interesting to see how that stuff plays out. We'll be right back. This is Money Talk, the NX Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. Those new smartwatches give you all sorts of insights on your personal health. Heart rate steps all right there. Wealthmetric gives you key insights on your financial health. If you're looking for analysis and data on your financial health, get your wealth metric by visiting AnnexWealth.com. Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer at Annex Wealth Management, is here along with Mark Beck, our Managing Director of Wealth Management Services. Thanks, Greg. You know, Derek, continuing on our conversation about what we've been seeing in the markets, you know, things that we start to look at, forward-looking indicators, where is the market headed? Um, one of the areas to focus on, of course, is sentiment. Sentiment's a big driver of expectations in the markets. Um, so this is a reading that we pay attention to. Talk about that from the past week. Oh, yeah. The American Association of Individual Investors, uh, they released their latest sentiment report, and the percent of, percent of bulls was the lowest we've seen since 1992. And while that doesn't reconcile fully with a lot of other sentiment indicators we look at, it certainly does suggest to me that you know we have been in a bear market in many ways since February of last year. The, that bear market was masked by the performance of Microsoft and Netflix until recently, you know, Apple and NVIDIA and the rest. And so these market cap weighted indexes, they eventually tend to sell off the best at the end. And that's, I think, what we're kind of seeing this week. Obviously, Netflix had a real a systematic problem with their with their franchise and what they're doing in terms of profitability and growing subscribers. But generally speaking, this market has been challenging for a long period of time, particularly for those that focus on individual stocks and small caps in particular. Yeah, that's a good highlight there, you know, how the market cap weighted indexes can match 
ask that. I think that was sort of a theme that, you know, in conversations we have with clients all through last year, when you look at what's happening under the surface, it's not as bright and shiny as when you look at sort of those top five stocks that make up a huge percentage of the S&P 500 uh, that still had their gloss on them, basically. And so what we talked to our clients about was, you know, not falling in love with or chasing after some of those high growth sectors of the market because they do court a lot of volatility. And, you know, that's a spot where as soon as the market sentiment changes, you can really get burned. So, Risk-adjusted returns, definitely something that we focus heavily on. Paying attention to things like sentiment, we just talked about that. Earnings, of course, you know, looking at where we stand right now with this market, we can start to think about how have the fundamentals sort of been reshaped because we may see, you know, continued earnings growth, but clearly we've got a reset in prices. Yeah, and a lot of the thing about performance, you know, I sit in a lot of client meetings as well, Mark, as you know, and and oftentimes we get lost sort of in point-to-point comparisons. You know, how have I done for the the last two months, three months, last week, etc. And what I'd have to point out is since February 24th, the day that Russia invaded Ukraine, the S&P is actually higher. And that's despite higher interest rates, a hawkish Fed. And the reason is corporate earnings are running ahead of expectations and higher yields on bonds are not sufficient to attract investors from fixed income or, or to fixed income from equities. And for the longest time, we talked about how amazing it was that U.S. stocks were performing so well, really since the great financial crisis and even since the pandemic, yet cash flows continue to go to fixed income and international, which as asset classes had dramatically underperformed. So perhaps we're at the point now where investors are going to say, hey, wait a minute, maybe this is the time for the great rotation where people actually do reduce their fixed income allocations and go towards dividend paying stocks and the like, which is something we've been doing at the margin in our portfolios. You know, patience rewarded is the way I think about that. Right. So, you know, if you're too short term minded, you are going to find yourself, I think, chasing after the most recent trends. And oftentimes those are going to uh, revert themselves much more quickly than you as an investor can respond to them. So, you know, in those meetings, Derek, you hear me say this all the time. I often talk to people, you know, take a look at that sort of trend line, you know, where we where we where we graph the value of the portfolio. Zoom that out and squint at it. And when you do that, what you see is this general upward trend, and that's what you're trying to accomplish. But what you kind of don't see when you're squinting at it is that you miss those little downward blips, the things that cause anxiety. Why would you do such a thing? Because what you want to do is avoid that anxiety being the driver of a change to portfolio strategy, focus more on the longer-term fundamentals. Right. I guess I'm, I have an advantage. I'm farsighted, so I don't have to squint. I basically, have, I'm always looking at things with kind of a, a squint approach. But the other thing I wanted to point out, too, on the on just the portfolios is right now is a really great time given the volatility to consider the how your asset allocation looks because we've had some pretty dramatic moves in the fixed income markets and the equity markets and I always believe it's better to get back to your target so that you can sleep better at night. Well said. Thank you, Derek. Inflation isn't going away anytime soon. As the cost of everything from food to vacations to your electric bill rises, you may be wondering if your retirement plans are still on track. Inflation is a silent wealth killer. You won't hear an alarm when prices rise, but you might feel alarm as you try to plan your future. It's also one of the top reasons 80% of Americans are feeling stressed about their finances. Annex Wealth Management can help. 
It starts at AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. From there, Annex Wealth Management's in-house team of planners will prepare your wealth metric, a snapshot of where you are and where you're headed. Wealth metric isn't a sales tool. Annex is a fee-only fiduciary, so there are no products to push. Instead, you'll get an honest assessment of your current state and a realistic plan to reach your goals. If you're concerned about how inflation may be affecting your retirement date or how you're planning to spend your retirement, visit AnnexWealth.com today. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference at Annex Wealth Management? You know, it's human nature to want the best deal on goods and services. We want to pay the least, but we want to get the most, and why not? It's our hard-earned money. You've also heard the old adage, get what you pay for. Brandon Lehman, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Can I get an amen to that? I agree 100%. Right? Welcome back. When it comes to your investment and retirement plan, the value of an advisor is an important discussion. It is. You really need to know, one, who you're working with and and what you're getting out of that relationship. There's more to it than just investments. And we want to take a deep dive into really everything that comes from that relationship of working with a valued partner on the financial advising side. For sure. Russell Investments put out a really nice piece that caught your eye, and it's an excellent five-step process that breaks it down. And we're going to talk about that. They do A, B, C, P, and T. A is first up, that is annual rebalancing of investment portfolios. And we talk about this a lot. Yeah, we do. And and why this is so important to understand is because as the years move along, portfolios change. Every year you could have some things that do well, some things that don't. And if you're not paying attention, if you don't have somebody behind you guiding you, helping you, looking for those opportunities, you're going to miss out on the opportunities to basically sell high and buy low. A great stat is if you look back, and and Russell Investments put this out in a study they did from January 1st, 2009, if you had a basic 60-40 portfolio and you didn't make any changes to that portfolio, 10 years later on December 31st, 2019, you would have 21% more equity exposure and 18% less bond exposure without doing any rebalancing. It gets out of whack. It does. It does. And what it what's that doing is it takes you from what you consider a moderate investor, and now you're actually a more moderately aggressive investor. You've actually moved up the risk scope through this process by not making any changes. Now, they talk about annual rebalancing. We do it more often, and they probably do as well. Correct. So, we, you know, there's, there's the annual rebalancing where if you look at it in your 401k, you can kind of set up that tool. But here at Annex, we do it a little bit more different. We're constantly looking for the opportunities to take advantage of it in the marketplace. And this isn't a, you know, buy today, sell tomorrow, buy today. You know, Dave and Derek and the investment team do a phenomenal job. But we're looking for opportunities inside the portfolio to add value for our clients. So it's a little bit more than the annual rebalancing. But overall, you want to stay focused on that. And we can help you, especially on the 401k side, to make sure you're doing that. Because that's where you see this. People make the largest mistake in this area. Gotcha. We're talking about the value of an advisor. B stands for behavioral mistakes individual investors typically make. And they do that, don't they? They do. And I, I don't think there is any more time more important time to talk about this than right now. When you think about what we all just went through from March 23rd lows to where we are today, you know, there's a lot of panic out in the marketplace. But what you need to do is you need to stay focused on the long term. And I think you and I talked about this last week. It is very important to stay focused on the long term. And what Russell did is they look at it and they say, okay, if you're an average investor, and nobody necessarily wants to be average, but you know, an average investor what has happened from 1984 to 2019 is because they go in and out of the market. They basically do the exact opposite of what you should do, and they 
buy high and sell low. And that has actually can cost them upwards of 2%. Mm. By working with somebody who can help coach you through that, talk you through that, and keep you focused on the long-term plans, you can see a savings in the long run for you and your portfolio. A couple quick points on behavior. You know, there, there's a few things that you commonly see with folks, uh, and it's related to human biases. The first is obviously loss aversion. Um, so they hold their winners too long. They're afraid to sell their losers. Uh, the second is overconfidence. They're just trading too much. Um, another thing is hurting. So, you know, what is my neighbor doing? I want to do that. Mm. I've actually, I've gotten a lot of those calls. Uh, familiarity. So we see a lot of home country bias. So where are most of your investments? They're right here in the U.S. Well, there is opportunity outside of the U.S. If you partner with somebody, you can definitely take advantage of that. And the last thing is just truly understanding diversification. And we call it, I guess you'd say naive diversification, but being truly diversified and setting up a diversified portfolio. And when you partner with a firm like Annex, we can really direct you and help you figure out what makes the most sense. Brandon Lehman is a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management, talking about the value of an advisor. We believe in it. C stands for cost of basic investment only management. Are we talking about robo-advisors? We are, and that's, it's very simple. You think of Betterment, you think of Schwab, uh, Intelligent Portfolios. These are places where you can go and you can get one thing. You can get investment management. Basically, you could call it advice, but it isn't really. It, it's a portfolio that suits your needs based on you answering anywhere from six to maybe 10 questions. And that's it. There's no time for you to sit down with somebody, talk about your goals, talk about some upcoming events you might have. You know, here at Annex, one of the things I've noticed we do a lot of is we'll sit down with a, an individual and they say, well, this is my short-term goal. I have this. So we'll actually have a separate account with a separate risk tolerance put up just for that situation. And then we'll have a different account with a different type of investment schedule for different goals. When you work with a robo-advisor, you don't get any of that. You just have the pure cost. And the pure cost of that is surprisingly going up every year from five years ago when you looked at about 0.25% for a robo-advisor to nowadays on a $400,000 account is about 0.29 in a recent study that Russell Investments did. Oh, that's way higher than I guess I thought. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's a lot Surprising. higher than you would have expected. Sure. This is part one of a conversation about the value of an advisor. We'll be back with Brandon Lehman in a bit. Stick around for that. If we can help, head to AnnexWealth.com and click that Get Started button. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? When markets get volatile people lose sleep. It's hard to watch the financial news sometimes, then it spills over to the network news, and it can really take on a worrisome tone. We've all worked hard for what we have, and to see peaks, ups and downs in our portfolio, unsettling. So what to do? At Annex Wealth Management, we get it, and that's why we got a webinar coming up to get at this. Coming up on May 4th, open to everybody, details on the way in just a bit. To walk us through what we're going to cover, welcome in our presenters, Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services, Annex Wealth Management. Hello, Tom. Hey, Danny. And Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Hello. Hello, Danny. Well, markets have been on a roller coaster lately, and with all the fear-driven headlines out there, it's got to be easy to get spooked when you're an investor. Yeah, you know, it shouldn't come as a shocker that with current events, we've had between 40-year high inflation, the rising oil and gas prices, the war, 
all of which sent stocks plummeting just a few short weeks ago. It's no wonder investors are uneasy. So we've developed this webinar. It's a part of our focus series, kind of a deep dive on market volatility and financial planning. And of course, you know, Tom, we always say things are never certain in the market, but there definitely are financial planning strategies that can be utilized. And that's the thing that I think is really important that was fun about putting this together is people are unsettled. But if you're looking at a long-term strategy in terms of investing, there are always going to be opportunities. It's just a question of where to find them and how to take advantage of those. So what's considered volatility? Because maybe what is volatile to me is different than what is volatile to you. Yeah. So we're talking about the S&P 500, the 500 largestly publicly traded stocks. And if the S&P rises or falls by more than 1% over a sustained amount of time, you know, definitely within a day, we consider the market to be volatile. But you know what? We need volatility in order to be a successful investor. Yeah, volatility doesn't have to be your enemy. And I think, Danny, when you talk about volatility, the perception of how long it is before you're going to need the money is going to come into play. A lot of different factors, depending on where you're at from a total account balance perspective and where along the savings stage you are. Let's dig down a little bit. What actually causes that volatility? And besides seeing price swings in the market, is there a good way to forecast it or at least measure it? Yeah. So two great questions built into one here. It's actually event or market fundamentally driven usually. So stock market volatility is largely caused by uncertainty. You know, we always say that that the market has that wall of worry that it hates to climb, but that can create some uncertainty and some changing in behavior, which then, of course, impacts pricing on the market. But it also can be influenced by interest rates, tax changes, inflation rates, and other monetary policies, industry changes, national and global events, and and of course, company earnings. And there's also an indicator called the VIX index. It's an indicator created by the Chicago Board of Options Exchange, CBOE. It's, we call it the VIX, and it is actually a real time market index that represents the market's expectation of 30-day forward-looking volatility. High volatility usually means that a stock's price is moving a lot. This is actually derived from price inputs of the S&P 500 index options. So again, it provides a measure of market risk and investor sentiments. What about our old buddy, the fear and greed monitor? That's something Derek talks about quite a bit. Yeah, that's something you see. It's CNN's Fear and Greed Index, and that's also a live monitor, so you can look at it throughout the day. It can be viewed online, and it's interesting. It shows the change in the monitor over a period of time, and it will also show you intraday, but then what was it last month? What was it last year? And it gives people a feeling of just trends that are happening in the market. Market momentum and the moving day average stock price, all those things go into the 52-week highs and lows, price breadth, and very much related to the VIX, but it's a, just a different way of looking at it and kind of gets to people's emotions. Yeah, it really does. And I can remember, Danny, uh, in being in here on Christmas Eve of 2018 with Derek Felsky, our chief investment officer, and looking, it was about 11.40. The market was closing at noon. And we're sitting there. The fear and greed index was at two. And we'd never seen it in our careers that low. And we were teasing each other, saying we should flip open our, you know, turn our pockets inside out and get the next nickel into the market that we could find. Because we'd never seen so much fear embedded in the CNN fear and greed index. Talking about market volatility, we've got a new webinar coming up in our focus series, which drills down on market volatility. But there are solid reasons that looking at what we can do with our investments during those volatile times, that makes sense. Yeah, great time 
to revisit your portfolio. All this volatility can lead to opportunity, finding buys within the price fluctuations, and active managers who are utilizing individual stocks or exchange-traded funds can do this because those price throughout the day. It's a little bit harder to do when you're just in mutual funds, like within your retirement plan, which is why I know, Tom, you talk all the time about people kind of dripping into the market dollar cost averaging with continuing their contributions, especially during times of volatility. Yeah, obviously, as we're monitoring people's accounts and managing here at Annex, we're taking a lot of the responsibility of keeping an eye on those things for our clients. But in the 401k space, a lot of times people have a kind of a set it and forget it mentality. And in times of market volatility, it's a good time to go back, make sure that you're where you want to supposed to be and make any tweaks as necessary. It's a webinar. The Focus Series Market Volatility and Financial Planning happens on Wednesday, May 4th, 2 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Central. You can register at AnnexWealth.com slash events. Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services, Annex Wealth Management. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Danny. As always, Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, CFP, and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you for arranging a great event. Thanks for having me. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, Sunday, April 24th. We're only halfway through today's show. There's a lot more to come. We're going to be back on 92.5. Fox News. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? NUA. What is it? How does it impact clients who are business executives? Brandon Lehman is a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management, and he works with a number of business executives. In fact, you've heard him before speaking about Annex Executive, which is a program designed for executives and the unique needs and challenges. Welcome back. Danny, it's great to be here. Okay, take me to school. What is a definition of NUA? All right, so let's start at the beginning. Net unrealized appreciation. What it is, if you work for a corporation and have the ability to own stock inside your 401k, well, you have a qualifying event. What does that mean? You retired, you were let go, 59 and a half, and then you take that stock and everything in your 401k, lift it up and move it out. But the stock now gets to go into what they call a brokerage account. And there's a lot of tax advantages written into this. And it's it's a very specific process that can be extremely important to a financial plan. Would somebody have that larger block of their own company stock as part of their compensation? Yes, but in a 401k, not always. If you think about some of the corporations we have here, Folks have worked them a very long time, some of the publicly traded. And from an early age, we're told, buy the company stock, buy the company stock. Well, where was the best place to do it? It was in the 401k through those contributions. So that's what they started to do. So over 30 years, they accumulated all this company stock of great local companies. Section 402E4 of the IRS tax code plays a prominent role. And I can see you nodding, so you know what that is. Yeah, it's it's important that this gets into, okay, what does the IRS say you can do and how can you do it? You are allowed to take the stock out of the 401k and put it in a non-tax sheltered account layman's terms, no pun intended, you're putting into a brokerage account or a joint account, individual account at, let's say, TD Schwab or Fidelity. Again, the triggering event is the key that revolves around all of this. Then the way the code works is, and this is getting somewhat heavy, but what's important to understand is, let's just use round numbers. You put in 3000 but now it's worth 100 and you move that stock over, you have to pay taxes on that cost basis. That's what's so important in understanding how that works. 
Let's talk about the two stages where stock shares would be distributed within that NUA. Yep. So the first is you transfer them and it has to be in kind. Again, there's there's all these languages and let's just take a step back. That's why you work with somebody when you do this. It's not something that you potentially want to go and try and do on your own because if there's a misstep or an issue, there could be a tax liability. You got to move in kind. Then you move in kind and now you have that stock sitting there. You pay taxes on the cost basis. If cost basis was $3, that difference, now you can sell at long-term capital gains rates, which is huge. So if you have a plan where you have no non-qualified assets right now, but you're early retiring and you can't access your 401k or you don't want to access the IRA dollars, well, now you've created a bucket that's taxed at a lower rate that fits perfectly into your plan. It's all these different things that working with a wealth management firm and a wealth manager in Annex is helpful. Talking about NUA with Brandon Lehman, what's the window? Do you have to fast track something like this? You don't, but what's important is when you decide to do this, besides the trigger and event, it all has to be done within one year. You have to get it done. So if, if you move the stock, let's say in March, by the end of the year, you have to move that entire 401k. So what's the right way to navigate it? So you really should sit down with somebody who knows what they're doing, who's done these things before, because not only are there a lot of nuances, and you can talk to some of our client service managers who have dealt with it, it's making sure we make the right transaction at the right time, move it. But there's other things to be very aware of. Sometimes it might say you own company stock, but you don't. You own a company class share. So it's almost like a mutual fund of company shares, but not the actual stock. So that's something you should talk to your HR about, human resources, your team at work to see, do I truly own the common shares, as they're called, or do I own something else inside this 401k? Can somebody get to a low or no taxation spot? It is possible depends on how you move the shares out, how you look at the shares. You look for those higher cost basis, so the spread is is pretty low. And then the thing to be extremely cognizant of is that cost basis can be taxable, but there's also private letter rulings out there that maybe we've talked about before. Again, getting heavy, but can be extremely important. That's why you need a team on your side. Talking about NUA with Brandon Lehman, any other things to watch out for? I think you just have to have a strategy and you have to have a plan because sometimes it doesn't make sense. You know, we have talked internally here as we do coaching and we continue to educate ourselves, you know, what is the right balance? Is it if my cost basis is a third of the overall value, if it's a half, if it's a quarter? We're, and really, frankly, it comes down to your financial plan. What makes sense in your planning for retirement? Do you do the NUA? Do you not? All of that is a discussion, and it involves a whole host of people from obviously your work, obviously your financial planner, your wealth manager, and the tax team. So at Annex, you have all of that. You can sit down at Annex, and you can talk to everyone. Everyone can come in and talk to you and explain what's going on and guide you through this process step by step. And the beauty is we've done so many here, and we've utilized a term called Frank Duke, which is a whole other conversation, to really take advantage of and help our clients out. If you're a business executive, you'd like to know more about the Annex Executive Program, feel free to reach out to Brandon Lehman. He's a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Brandon, thank you for your time. Thanks, Danny. Inflation isn't going away anytime soon. It's the cost of everything. From food to vacations to your electric bill rises, you may wonder if your retirement plans are still on track. Annex Wealth Management can help. It starts at AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. From there, our in-house planning team will create your wealth metric, a snapshot of where you are and where you're headed. Wealth metric will help you understand the impact inflation may have on your plans. Get started today. Visit AnnexWealth.com. 
Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services at Annex Wealth Management. He's back to talk about the humble and lovable 401k and how it can be one of your most powerful tools in a couple of different ways when it comes to investment and retirement planning. Welcome back, Tom. Always a pleasure, Danny. Humble and lovable it is, isn't it? It is. We're in a meeting recently. Our senior management shared new companies are coming on board to utilize retirement plan services, the team at Annex. At the core, what are we doing for those companies? We do a lot of stuff, but you can break it down into three main things. We obviously help with investments in the 401k. So we help the employer figure out from among all the investments in the world out there, which ones are we going to make available to our employees? And then we help the employers. This is, I think, a big difference between our team and a lot of the other ones out there. Our clients are themselves fiduciaries, right? So we always talk about Annex being a fiduciary. Well, in the case of 401k plans, the client is also a fiduciary. So we help them understand what are those fiduciary responsibilities that they have and kind of help them keep on top of that and you know some of the administrative aspects of the plan. And then the last thing is we help the employees not only figure out how to invest their money, but really how to be financially well. How much should you save for retirement? Should you do pre-tax or should you do Roth? How does this whole 401k plan incorporate into your financial life? What's not to like? And in the ongoing battle over getting employees hired and keeping them, right kind of benefits program might tip the scales in the employer's favor when it comes to somebody who might have those multiple offers. Fidelity recently published a study that said 34% of employers are looking for a new retirement plan advisor specifically to help with their employees' wellness and figuring out how to use these benefits. The way that we engage with employees is honestly the most fun part of our job, but it's also the most meaningful. It is a benefit that employers are starting to understand is really critically important, and there's so much that goes into that retirement benefit than just the retirement account itself. Let's talk about that 401k. If an employer's plan is set up correctly, using them, fairly simple, new employee joins, and how do they enroll? Is it automatic now? It depends. More and more of the employers are adopting automatic enrollment provisions, meaning once you meet eligibility requirements, they just start taking money out of your paycheck and it goes into your account. It is a voluntary benefit. So in those situations, if you want to do something different, you have the ability to make that election. If you don't do anything, the inertia is going to go in your favor. You know, at that point, the employee needs to decide how much of the paycheck is going to go into that plan. And you and I are right on the same page on this. If it doesn't hurt a little. Definitely not enough. <laughs> That's how I look at it. I used to say, if it doesn't hurt a little, it's probably not enough. Now I've, you know, I moved that to it's definitely not enough. You've got to have some skin in the game. You know, saving for retirement, I always tell people is simple, but don't confuse simplicity with ease. Saving money is not easy. But it is very simple. You just decide you're going to do it and you do it. Pick an amount that you're going to notice. Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services, Annex Wealth Management. Here's another factor. And if you're a fairly new employee, you need to know this. What you contribute to that account is not counted as taxable income during that tax year. That's huge. Right. So if you're doing pre-tax, that is correct. Keep in mind, if you're doing Roth, then the tax dynamics are a little different. Either way, whether you're doing pre-tax or Roth, you are getting a tax benefit. It's just a question of whether it's happening now or later. And that is one of the things that we help people figure out, which is the right strategy for you, because it just depends on your personal situation what the best way to go is going to be. You got to decide how those contributions are allocated. How much help is available for that? You, you got to think about risk tolerance. Yeah, well, it depends on who you're working with. So, you know, when people ask who does your 401k, you think of that website that you go in to log in and, you know, look at your account balance and see your investments and stuff like that. They're not going to be able to give you explicit advice on where to invest your money. That's where Annex comes in. So, when we're sitting down next to someone, helping them enroll in the plan or just having an update meeting with them, whatever it is, we do have the ability to give very explicit advice. You should 
should put 10% in this fund, 20% in that fund. A lot of advisors are not allowed to do that just because they're not acting in a fiduciary capacity. So the answer to that question, again, it depends on who you're working with as a company, whether you're going to get that level of, of advice. There is a max that you can put in. What are those limits? Uh, this year is $19,500, unless you are 50 or older, in which case you can do another 6500 bucks. We talk about maxing out. A lot of times people will say, oh yeah, I'm putting in the max, you know, because my employer matches up to 6%, so I put in 6%, I'm maxing out. It's like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. There's a maximum legal limit. And then there's the maximum practical limit. You know, some people would say, yeah, I would love to save 19500 bucks, Tom, but that would just blow a hole in my budget. So you've got to find the right balance for you, but understand that if your employer provides a match, that's not the limit, generally speaking, of what you're going to be able to do. There's more room above and beyond that. Let's switch gears. There is the great resignation going on. Lots of people are leaving jobs. They're going to other jobs. If they've got a 401k, decisions need to be made. It is incredible how often people leave this money behind. We're actually working with a client currently who has just over 500 total account balances in their plan. 270, some of them, are former employees, and they've just left that money behind. So we're working through that with them, trying to clean up the plan. This is something that if you're one of those people, when you go on to the next job, depending on the size of your account, sometimes it's more efficient to just roll it into your new employer's plan. If you got seven or 8,000 bucks, it's an easy way to do it. But if you've built up a meaningful balance over the time that you've been at that employer, that's where you want to start exploring other options. So you get it into a managed account and have somebody help you with that to make sure that your whole financial life is being coordinated. Company owners, CFOs, HR professionals, you know it. It's a battle out there for talent. Create benefits plans that attract and retain employees and Annex Wealth Management can help you with that. Yes, we can, and we love doing it. Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services, Annex Wealth Management. As always, thanks for the education. Thank you, Danny. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, where we provide comprehensive investment and retirement planning tailored to our clients' needs. That ranges from starting people out on simple paths all the way to services designed for business executives and owners. With business owners, there comes a point when maybe it's time to put a plan into place to explore a sale, and that's what we're going to talk about here. Do that. Keith Butler joins me. He's a wealth manager and an attorney at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Great to be here, Danny. Selling a business is something that's a process, and certain steps need to be taken to maximize the opportunity for the owner. And it's not an overnight process. But how far in advance should planning begin in order to sell a business? Well, I think it's something that should be thought about all the way through the lifetime of the business, but I would say at least five years, because that gives you time to get things cleaned up, if you will, to put a, a, a plan together. And right now, you know, today we're, we're not talking about a business succession plan to family members. We're talking about where you're trying to put it on the market for sale to the general public or to somebody in the industry, perhaps. But you want to plan in advance and get a team together. You've dealt with a lot of business owners over the years. The businesses, they're kind of like children to them, right? Very much so. And one thing that surprised me in a, in a very good way, I think, over the years is how deeply they care about it and the people that work for them in general. 
I saw many times in transactions where I represented both buyers and sellers, and you could tell that they really wanted to bend over backwards to make sure their people were protected. What kind of team should a business owner assemble on the way to a sale? Well, first of all, you, you need to have your attorney. And there might be a couple of attorneys to engage. The first would be a transactional attorney, you know, the person who can execute the transaction itself, negotiate the buy-sell agreement and so on, and also an estate planner because your assets will be transitioning from a business, which typically is the largest asset an individual has that dominates their balance sheet, into probably cash. So now the, the makeup being different, that will affect your estate plan quite a bit. You'll, of course, want an accountant. Uh, You will want to have an appraiser, someone who can provide an objective value of your company because sometimes people, they they guess up too high or too low. It happens all the time. A business broker may be engaged, someone who can go out into the market and find the best potential buyers for you. And, of course, you want a, a financial advisor because, again, you're converting a big asset that's not liquid into uh, liquid assets. Numbers are critical. They, they've got to be right. And these are things that can't be in a shoebox. They can't be on the back of an envelope. And it's something that, again, planning in advance, when we talked about how, how far in advance, I think probably the paper is the biggest thing, meaning that getting a clean balance sheet, getting financial records that really look clean, that wouldn't have some sort of liabilities that would bog down a new owner. You'd want to have a good lease in place. You may own the building, you may not. But if you don't, then having a good long-term lease in place gives some security to the buyer. So you'll want to get those financial records cleaned up, and a good accountant can really provide a lot of value along the way in that regard. Is it jumping too far ahead for anybody to announce that the company is going to go up for sale? I mean, you need to have everything in order, right? I mean, there's there probably people out there who say, listen, Jimmy, you ever want to sell this place, you let me know, right? <laughs> right, right, right. You know, and uh, that's an interesting question, and it's really fact-dependent. You know, I talked to somebody very recently who was very concerned about announcing that because then all of a sudden, if your competitors know you're up for sale, they may see some some blood in the water. Uh-huh. But by the same token, getting the, the word out there may flush out some, some of the best potential buyers. Keith Butler is a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management with significant experience in assisting business owners in the process of selling their business. We're going through a checklist of proper steps in preparing the business for sale, determining the proper value of the business. We talked a little bit about that. You suggested having the accountant and the appraiser. They're the team that helps there. Absolutely. And some of the things that they'll look at is obviously the financial and tax records. You know, that's really important for having several-year track record of that. Uh, They'll look at the inventory, inventory levels. They'll look at a detailed information on customers because we all want big customers, right? But that provides risk. So they'll want to take a good look at the reliability of the customer base and the size. And if you have a whole bunch of reliable, smaller customers, then you have a little less risk of losing a major contract. You'll also want to look at vendor contracts and leases. That's something that you want to make sure that there are things in place so that it's a favorable situation that a buyer is walking into. Licenses, liquor license, if you're a, a um, restaurant or something like that would be really important. An intellectual property, is it? are there patents and trademarks that you have, that those have values as well. At what point will potential buyers be able to see this information? Typically, once they express interest, there's a confidentiality agreement that is signed. Once that's signed and negotiated, then the uh, seller would have the confidence that you can provide 
some of this information. Would the broker help kind of narrow down that field so you just don't have a bunch sure. of tire kickers? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. A good broker will know the industry. They'll know who the real players are. And that's part of the value that, that they bring, right? There you go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, at Annex Wealth Management, financial planning and tax planning are incredibly important. And I would think anybody who has sold a business all of a sudden who might be looking at a very large sum of money mm-hmm. kind of needs to kind of walk through those steps. Absolutely. You know, a couple different ways of looking at it, because if you sell all at once, one closing, all the cash, then that can trigger a substantial capital gain bill, right? Or you could do an installment sale where you're paid over years, and then that gain can be spread out. Now, obvious disadvantage to that is the possibility that uh, there's a default risk. Most people would want to get all their money in advance even despite that, but that is something you'd want to look at, and your accountant can provide guidance with that. And then how about a financial planning angle. Oh, absolutely. Because at that point in time, you've converted, again, the the dominant asset of your balance sheet, if you will, into cash, investable assets. So that is something where you need risk tolerance and analyzed uh, time frames, timelines, what kind of, uh, uh, do you want to do some gifting to kids? Do you want to set up accounts for others? There's a whole lot of different planning. And that's something you may want to do in advance too, Danny, especially if there is a taxable estate tax situation where it looks like the estate tax limits may be going down. Right now it's over $11 million an individual. It may go down to something like five. And still, that doesn't cover most people. But some businesses will fall into that range. And that's some planning you may want to do in advance where you can transfer some of that interest in that business perhaps to another generation on favorable terms. Because think about the blood, sweat, and tears that were poured into these businesses. It's important to follow these steps. Absolutely. Keith Butler, a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for joining us. Oh, pleasure. Inflation isn't going away anytime soon. As the cost of everything from food to vacations to your electric bill rises, you may wonder if your retirement plans are still on track. Annex Wealth Management can help. It starts at AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. From there, our in-house planning team will create your wealth metric, a snapshot of where you are and where you're headed. Wealth metric will help you understand the impact inflation may have on your plans. Get started today. Visit AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference? You've heard the saying, you get what you pay for, and we're talking about the value of an advisor. This is part two. If you miss part one, we're going to have that on the Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel. The value of an advisor, this came from Russell Investments, and it's quite good. Uh, They broke it up into an A, B, C, P, and T. A was annual rebalancing. B was behavioral mistakes individual investors typically make. C is the cost of basic investment-only management. We're talking about robo-advisors here. Brandon Lehman joins me, and we're going to pick things back up with the value of an advisor. We are to P, and that's planning costs and ancillary services. This is really where the rubber meets the road. Yeah, and this is really what Annex is all about. This is true holistic planning to help you reach and achieve those financial outcomes and goals you, you strived your whole life to build towards. And I think, put this all in perspective, Russell Investments has done a great job here. And, and there was a study as well done by Kitsis, Michael Kitsis, if you're familiar with who that is. Kind of a uh, rock star in the world, right? He is, yep. especially in the registered investment advisory world. And is standalone planning, their study proved that standalone planning is about $2,080 a year, or about half a percent on a $400,000 account. That's just putting the plan together. So that's the, the time the planner puts in, the investment team puts in, the tax planning team puts in. All those individuals, when they sit down, they start building all of this and come to you with a plan. 
Now, obviously, that's not just a one-time plan. And I think that's where a lot of people tend to get lost is they think, well, it's a plan, it's set in stone, but really, we're monitoring this throughout the year. Dave Spano talks about this back in the old days. You'd give everybody a book and it'd be like, see you later. It's not. This is living and breathing. Correct. And with the software that we utilize here, I call it a living plan. You know, this is a living, breathing document where you can sit down. So I just did this with an individual and we sat down, we reviewed the plan and we looked at it with everything that's gone on. And, and while it had gone down, I think we talked about this last week, it's still in good shape. And that's the key. It's a living, breathing plan. And what people don't often realize is along with building that plan, there's so many, as you said, ancillary services, as Russell puts it. Savings and distribution analysis. You look at investment and cash flow planning. Stock options, an area where I have spent a significant amount of my career is looking and viewing, understanding stock options from major publicly traded corporations. Um, You look at property and casualty review and partnering with somebody who can help with that. Long-term care insurance. The list goes on and on of all the different things that we do here. And there's really a value for that. And Russell puts it, you know, somewhere in the lines of half to three quarters of a percent for all that time that they're putting in for you. And I think that's key to understand that it's not just what you see that one meeting a year, that those three, four meetings a year where you sit down and you view it. This is a lot of time put in by quite a few people behind the scenes to create your plan. The real beauty of it, too, is we're a fee-only fiduciary. So we're not generating this stuff to generate commissions. This is part of the fee. That's what's so important. You know, we are doing this because it's in your best interest. To us, what matters is giving you the best solution and supporting you and helping you find your financial goals and outcomes. So you're in the backyard at the cookout and your neighbor says, oh, Brandon, I can do all this myself. And it's like, wait a minute, probably not. There's a few things you probably could. Uh, You might be really good at the investment side. You might be really good at the tax side, depending on what you do for a living. However, we can bring together a whole group of folks and experts to help you in all those areas. Oh, you said it. You said taxes were a T and that stands for tax smart investing. Yes. This is the last thing. This is, I don't want to say newer, but it has come out more recently, probably in the last five years where this has been a big focus because you started to see years where people were paying taxes, but getting no returns on their mutual funds. And that's called your capital gain distributions. So you need to be tax aware and tax smart when it comes to your investing plan. And when you work with Annex, you work with our investment team, we develop a strategy in conjunction with our tax planning team on what makes the most sense for your investment goals and objectives. And we have to be very tax cognizant of what we're doing. And I've I've talked about this constantly on the radio, how important it is to understand what your investments are, where you hold them and what they are doing. Because in April, You might not realize back in March that it's going to have a negative impact next April on you. You also use that phrase I hadn't heard before, but tax drag. I mean, think about it. It's it's an anchor. It, it is an anchor. And, you know, Russell Investments does a great job of quantifying this. And we can sit down with each individual and look at what your actual tax drag is of your portfolio and help you basically unwind that and get to what would be more tax efficient in the long run. The value of an advisor. I think you've demonstrated the case very nicely. Brandon Lehman is a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. That's how we think. That's how we operate. When it gets down to it, think carefully about the value of a fee-only fiduciary. That is the value of an advisor. Brandon Lehman, appreciate it. Danny, thank you so much. 
If we can help, head to AnnexWealth.com and click that Get Started button. Has the relationship with your financial advisor changed? It was great at first, but now you never hear from them unless they've got something to sell. Or once you learn about conflicts of interest, excessive fees, or a lack of resources. Annex Wealth Management is different. We provide comprehensive investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning using our team built to serve. We're experienced, we're local, we're ready, and most importantly, we're a fee-only fiduciary. Meet the challenges this year with a partner acting in your best interest. AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. We're back. Website, AnnexWealth.com. While you're there, sign up for the Axiom, our weekly newsletter. Also, check out Annex Wealth Management's YouTube channel. Over 1,400 videos of content produced by the Annex team. I'm Greg Battiancilla, Director of Marketing for Annex Wealth Management. In the studio with Mark Beck, our Managing Director of Wealth Management Services, and Brandon Lehman, a CFP and Branch Director at Annex Wealth Management. Um, Mark, you uh, and Brandon were talking before uh, offline about wealth metric, and I think you have some interesting thoughts for that. Yep, absolutely. You know, you just went through a whole list of resources that are at our website, and one of the things people do when they go there is they think about how do I get started if I want to engage with Annex and learn more? Maybe Annex would be a good fit for me. And we've created this thing we call Wealth Metric. Wealth Metric is about where you are, where you're headed. But deeper than the way people tend to think about, I'm going to go in and get a second opinion on my investments. There are layers and layers to this review that we do that we start to look at people's personal financial metrics. And Brandon, the first thing that we want to do is really start to frame out the financial plan. That's the core of it. Yeah, you build that framework of a plan, right, as we say internally. But you're taking that plan, you're saying, okay, what are the really important areas that we need to get ready for in retirement? So first, it's obviously... It's the accounts you have. But then it's next, what are the goals? What do you want to do? What should we be planning for? And another part of it, that does get a little bit interesting in conversations, what is the expenses? What do the expenses look like? Because sometimes folks come in and they have it detailed right in Excel spreadsheet, you know, but that's really not the vast majority of people we talk to, Mark. You know, it's it's folks that just say, I've been making it work, so what do we do now? How do we figure this out? And then we'll back into that number, but the wealth metric really allows us to sit down and say, this is where you're currently at. We know where you want to go, and it's going to give us and start the roadmap to get there. And, you know, you start that conversation with some folks, and they say, well, you know, I went to such and such a website, and I kind of built a financial plan, and it showed me where I was going. And I would say what we add from a wealth metric perspective is some analysis as to the quality of that. So let's talk about the inputs. You know, how did you determine what your spending was going to look like, when it's going to change over time, what the nuances will be to that? That's really important. But is it really also looking at, you know, really your personal goals? You know, so just maintaining retirement lifestyle, that's kind of our starting point, but it layers up from there. And then where we want to go, right? What opportunities lie ahead? And this is where we start to layer in the next aspect, uh, which is things like proper distribution planning to proper tax strategy, you know, layers on top of that. These are the things where when we bring it down to action items, you can change the outlook. You can improve the financial picture. And so wealth metrics starts to give us some insights so that we can assess are you on the right track? Have you put the right analysis level on your personal financial plan? And have you looked for those opportunities for improvement? And that's the thing. It's it's those opportunities. It's not just, yep, you're here you're, and this is where you're going. It's what can we change or what can we influence to make that a much smoother transition or make the outcomes look better? And it's all about where do those opportunities lie? Whether it's tax planning, whether it's looking at the estate, whether the big thing too is you know health insurance. It, it's stuff that you start to dive into. How does this impact 
back to plan. Where are we? What can we change? What can we do to get you there? And the wealth metric is is taking those metrics and just actually adding a, you know, a green or a yellow to it. Say, yep, green, great, yellow. Okay, we got some things to improve on, but showing you exactly where you're at. And then our job is to help you come up with a plan to get to where you want to go. And the next layer to that, I think, is from the investment perspective. So a lot of work goes into analyzing the investment portfolio, but it's investment planning and investment management. And that's a new concept for a lot of people. But investment planning is things like protecting liquidity. Where's the withdrawal going to come from to support lifestyle? The the capacity for risk, the tolerance for risk, that's all around investment planning. Roll that forward then into investment management, quality of investments, cost analysis, all of those sorts of things. Ultimately, to lead to a plan, again, for execution forward-looking. The key to this is we don't need to throw everything apart, you know, and just throw it all out and start over. What we need to do is figure out how to build a better investment plan and portfolio for you going forward. There are so many moving pieces when it comes to successfully retirement planning. We can help. AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Danny will be back all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed next week. Let's talk soon. You have been listening to Money Talk, the NX Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.